Welcome to A Better Way Podcast with your host, Ryan Haley. Learn to excel in business God's way, where the supernatural meets the practical. Experience a better way to succeed and learn from real-life business owners and entrepreneurs who have prospered in unconventional ways. Be inspired by their true stories and realize that prayer can become your practical source of provision when you embrace walking by faith and not human sight. And now, here's your host, Ryan Haley. This week is part two of the interview with R.E.M. Visser of Business Revivalists. Last week, we ended on a very pointed question where God asked Arian if he would trust him at a deeper level. Pick up here for the rest of the interview. But the journey was that God said to me, do you trust me? And I said, yes. And he said, do you trust me really? I said, of course, I trust you really. He said, okay, do you trust your income and your house to me? Oh, here we go. I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just said, do you want to? I said, yes, I want to. So... In the, in the heart of the financial crisis over here, we, we put our house on the market and bought already a new house. Um, so you bought your house in the new area before you sold the one in the area you Yeah, were- that, that's, that's not uncommon in this part of Europe. Yeah, but so. still it puts you in a pretty delicate position. Yeah, Especially yeah in the everyone said that. Uh, sell it, rent a house, find a new house. No, I said just if God... Maybe that's my stubbornness. If God tells me that I have to, um, that I am allowed to move, then He will settle this for me. Amen. So I just bought the house, put the other house on the market for the price that I wanted because I agree with God. That uh, I remember, I put that house for about like two hundred and eighty-nine on the market, eighty-nine. Uh, thousand and uh and i agreed with god that i needed 279 269 for that for to pay off the mortgage 200 uh 5000 for the real estate agent um for his commission and 5000 for the new garage that i built right. and i just wanted that money back mm. i just finished it when i was allowed to sell it so you um, net 269,000 euros at the end of the day on that house that you were selling to break even and be able to... Yeah, I needed 279 to break even. Okay, 279. Yeah. So that's your number, God. That's the number I said to God, like, that's what I need. Uh, and, and he said, that's what you get. Okay. So and then I've got all the offers, like 225, 240. Everyone in your surroundings says, well, take it. If, right. if God asks you to do, bury your cross, pay the price. I said, no, I agree with God that I would get 279. Wow. And, uh, and just for some so, context, to get any offers at all in this period in the depths of the financial crisis, as anybody remembers, I mean, people were getting 50 cents on the dollar for homes back then. You're getting close to listing price, you know, 240 you're you're in the ballpark. I, I could see you be very tempting to say, "Okay, good enough, God." I, I thought I'd heard two seventy nine, but you know what? Two forty, praise God. You know what? In the midst of the recession, this is this is already pretty darn good. That's maybe eighty percent of listing price. I don't think I could, you know, ask for more than that. But you had the faith and the trust in God to say no to all those other offers, so you could hold out 
for God knows how long when you've already paid for the other house and need to move over there and you're in between jobs and you're you know, by God, he said 279 and I know that I hear from God and you know, he's, yeah. uh, he's going to uphold his word. Yeah. And, and just to be really honest, my uh, rationale and my heart and my emotions were not aligned with this. Right. They were just a mess. Because everything inside of you, like you've got all the, you, then you find out you've got so many voices in your life. Yeah. You've got your emotions, you've got your intellect, you've got your memory, you've got your heart. It all starts screaming at you. But my spirit said that I, that I had to go this way. And so, yeah, there was, there was a, and that was not the, the last time that I had this being this total mess in on the inside. But I know that uh, I have to, well, if you say you are spirit-led, then you have to get your own spirit in line with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And the rest really has to obey. And they're not used to it. Like we are head-heavy, so we always think that we have to advise with our head. But your head is just to analyze what happened and should not advise you. Huh. And uh, But that's not easy. No, it's, no, it's just, not painful and uh yeah so but we ha- i remember your next iteration of your theory you dying to self going to yeah. the, the doubt the fear all that stuff yeah i don't know if this was the end of the first one or the the start <laughs> of the second one i don't know but i remember because um we had this so everything we have we didn't sell the house yet but all the other things were already moving, like the house was nearly getting to completion. And uh, so I had, to, uh, I had to find a job because I also resigned from my old job. Like, like, so you're out yeah. of a job now. Yeah, yeah, having two houses, <laughs> no job. So you're, you're well, making good on your promise to God to trust him with your income and your house. Yeah, yeah, you know, no. You're fighting it every, with every inch of your body but you're 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 signing up for what he said you made the choice you know what i am gonna i am gonna trust you completely even to the point with my income in my house and you're doing it i, I took the invitation yeah and um yeah no, it's i'm i became an all or nothing person yeah so like calculate the cost is something i did once <laughs> yeah and i like I've, I've, I believe, but that's my personal belief. Like if the Bible tells us calculate your costs, that is something you do when you surrender to Jesus. Mm. And, and for me personally, if I would do calculate the cost each time, it feels like I'd redraw something, evaluate it, and maybe surrender it again. If that, but that's me. That's just me. I'm not saying that that's what the scripture means, but it right. definitely... That's how you've lived it out. It's it's how uh, it uh, is applied to us as yeah. a family because they have to live with this behavior of that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and then uh, but then we had a prophetic conference, and I was uh, I was taken out of the crowd by this. I was just completely described in picture. Everyone knew it was for me, and I thought I'm still uh, that's not me. Can't be like okay. <laughs> But he said, you're in between jobs. Well, actually, I already resigned, but my old employer gave me a potential promotion. And my new 
um, potential employer gave me a second contract. And I had that on the Wednesday, the promotion, and the second contract on the Tuesday. And then the Friday night, I was picked out. Like, you are between contracts. Yeah, well, that was me. Uh, and then he said, in the middle of a huge prophetic word, uh, he said, I see a sign for sale on your head. I don't know what it means, but God says, it's just a matter of paperwork. And I knew exactly what he meant because I had been seeing that sound sign for sale for over a year in my front yard. <laughs> so, and uh, so I thought, okay, let it go. And uh, then the day we got our key here, um, an hour later, the real estate agent called. He said, there's someone who wants to uh, uh, look around in your house uh, if he's interested to buy. And then I said, well, I'm not there. I'm on the other side of the country in, in our new house. But my wife is at home and probably everything is in boxes. So he will not have a cozy perspective of the house. Right. We will see that it can store a lot of boxes. <laughs> and uh, so the guy came asked if he could come back with his mother. And six weeks later, we started negotiating. No, it's less. Yeah, we started negotiating, and I had my number in my head. So and I remember that he, the first bid he did was 269 mm. which was exactly my mortgage. So my real estate uh, agent said, I should take it. And I thought, no. So I lowered it from uh, 289 to 284, I think. Uh, and, uh, and the other guy said, well, 274. And back then, that, that I had no position. Like, the, it was not the seller's market. It was the buyer decides. Right. I had no position at all. So I said, just based on, on disagreement I had with heaven, I said, like, did he say this was his last offer? No, he said, this is about it. So I said, aha, it's about it. It's not. So I said, do you have a final offer? And I just said, 279,500, which was the exact number. And, and I thought, well, then we can all say, he can say no. So I lose my garage. And, uh, or he could say halfway. Well, then at least I've got my materials paid. And, but he said, yeah, that's it. That's wow. good. That's a good deal. So I got exactly the price. <laughs> uh, and everything was uh, within two months after we moved. That everything was settled. So, Wow. Yeah. The faith and trust, though, throughout that process, especially when you get within 5,000 euros of your target price. I mean, it would have been so tempting <clears throat> to say, okay, close enough good enough God, but your, your faith and your all in, you know, attitude <clears throat> helped you to uh, allow the word of God to manifest the way he described it to you because you cooperated with, you mixed the word with faith and you had to really, you know, uh, as I've heard it said before, our faith is never tested unless we're tempted to doubt. And I'm sure there were some doubts in there and some real, you know, long nights and, you know, uh, dark nights of the soul and conversations with the wife and the realtor and all this stuff. And so, wow, that's amazing. So you trusted God, got the exact number that he gave you. Now you're in this new house. You're on the other side of the country that 12 years prior, when you kind of flippantly made a remark with your wife, when we get old, we want to move here. 
now you're here and you're in the new job. Is that correct? Yes. It lasted for a year. One year. <laughs> yeah, because uh, in the new job, it, the, the plan was that I would start up uh, at, uh, a division for business uh, architecture and business transformation. And uh, we were really far in the process. And back then I had a project in, uh, in Canada. And uh, I remember the day of flying, the day before I would fly out, I just felt so restless. So I called my uh, soon-to-be former employer and new partner. I said, well, I'll let you know in two weeks. So I left him with, I left him with a lot of questions. And uh, I remember halfway the, the, the week, I had a weekend off. And uh, so I thought I will just drive down to, to, to uh, Toronto, go around uh, the Lake Ontario and uh, uh, go through the U.S. side to, uh, to Niagara Falls. But I, was, uh, I didn't want to be selfish. So I just organized a $25 motel. Never do that again. That's like the worst <laughs> bad movie. <laughs> the spin doors and everything is sticky and you're afraid that, or you're not afraid. There is this certainty that tomorrow morning your neighbor is killed. That, that's that wrong place. So I got my luggage in and I turned on the television. And then that's a really important detail because I turned on the television. So I just thought, then they know there is someone in the room and they won't rub my stuff. So I went to the mall and find a place to get uh, something to eat for the evening. And on the way back, uh, I said, God, I need to have the answer. Do I go into business with them or not? Mm. And then he said, it was at a, a, a junction, I was waiting for the, tra- uh, for, uh, for the light. And God said to me, go back to your room and turn off the television. So he is a God of details. Turn off your television, open your Bible, and I will speak. So I went to my uh, motel, turned on the t- off the television, and then I opened my Bible, and it was on the, on, the, on the top of the page, Proverbs 1, verse 15. Don't go, um, don't go with them. That road will lead to death. Wow. And so I thought, okay. Got my answer. So this is the answer I needed. Can't be more clear. But how do I ever go to sell this message? Right. That was the second thought. And uh, so that's where, that's how, well, to make it short, that's how I ended up being uh, self-employed. Because this was the end of the relationship with my uh, employer. That reminds me of a verse that um, <clears throat> it's from Isaiah. Um, it's Isaiah 30 verses one through two in the NASB. And it says, woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan, but not mine and make an alliance, but not of my spirit in order to add sin to sin, who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. So that to me is in the business world. Many times there are strategic partnerships, alliances, 
you know, employment contracts, et cetera. And sometimes they may seem really good. And, uh, and sometimes it takes almost more faith to say no to something that seems really good than it does to say yes to something that seems really bad. And both are tough, but, um, you know, especially when you don't have anything else other than a verse to stand on, you're praying about it, but you don't know. Um, but to me, that was a good example of that was an alliance that was not from God and you consulted God. And because you consulted God, you heard his spirit tell you to turn off the TV and to open his word and write to that exact verse. And that led you out of a potentially ungodly alliance or partnership with Egypt, quote unquote, and uh, which is really just a, a metaphor for the world or the flesh, you know, or the enemy and uh, <clears throat> not trusting God. So, um, which leads to bondage, obviously. Egypt is the uh, quintessential, you know, symbol of bondage in, in biblical uh, typology. So that's uh, an interesting, uh, interesting word that you got from the Lord. And then now you got to tell this guy, sorry, can't, can't partner with you. Yeah. Well, there was not, actually, I don't totally recall how those conversations went because it, it was quite hostile. So oh. It was not like a real dialogue. And so it has cost me deeply to get out of it. Oh, financially. And, uh, financially, yeah. yeah. So you because had to give up some, some financial <clears throat> wherewithal to, uh, to trust God. Yeah, yes. Yep. Yeah, and that's cost me quite a lot. Like, uh, like, uh, like my former employer before that one, the software house, still hired me. And even when I left that company... And they still wanted to keep me to hire me to do their uh, business architecture training uh, in their education department. Uh, but then my uh, uh, my current employer, which I was about to leave, said, "Well, now it's my customer," and uh, yeah. it's legally was his. Legally, he was right, but yeah. like morally, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, but so I worked for it, but I, I lost about 20% of my revenue for the first year, uh, which was, yeah, it was, was really a uh, pity. So I'm still waiting for the double portion payback time. Yeah. Just uh, like so many other things that happen. So now the choices, they cost you something. They, they definitely cost you. So it's not like, like I said, I don't calculate the cost but it doesn't mean there is no cost. Right. It's just bury the cost. And then that Mark 10 verses 29 to 31, we talked about, you know, you're going to get a hundredfold and land houses, all these things, and also in troubles and persecution. Yeah. And you're seeing some of this happen right now. Yeah. That, so this was 2012. And uh, from that on, I had more, uh, more uh, use to cross. <laughs> yeah. yeah well 2017 was a really deep point and then uh i remember that got 2016 yeah then to out of nothing i got uh, a contact and i could well so real quick this is you're now ending your employment engagement in 2012 and yes that's the point when you started your own company yeah that's when we started our own company business revivalists Yes, well, back then it had a different name. So mm -hmm. it was 2013 when I was introduced to uh, 
the global legacy training from battle okay um that god said well you can do it as a business investment but just rephrase your name to uh business revivalists and i thought that sounds cool that was first thought that sounds cool name and then i thought okay no one is using the name i can google on it nearly find nothing back then on it so but it sounds like a ministry and i don't want to do a ministry in a church setting well i believe ministry the word comes from providing a service so and i've always been consultant consultant doing consultancy services so like okay but i don't want this this I don't want it limited to to a Christian world, right? Because I felt that well, the kingdom is in the is not of the world, but in the world, and then the news, the bride will come in the world. So I just want to influence the world. Yeah. And um, but I start using the names, and slowly it the uh, getting it uh, giving it uh, using it more and more, and um, using the old name for quite a while as well and got well i could i could tell you another hour like <laughs> what opposition that name gave like lawsuits of a photo on the website that was oh, like wow. i did i didn't know there was copyrights well you learn the hard way yeah so i can tell everyone don't use a photo on your website that you yeah. didn't pay for <laughs> it's, it's not true that there are free pictures on the web you need to have proof that you bought the picture so i ended up with the picture which having two pixels too much being free for you to use by any statement on the web but then someone showed up being the owner of it and just wants to sue you for five thousand which like for small business that can be the end yeah and um well good could not we settled it for a lot less and then someone said oh god tells me to pay it what is, how much is it so someone else paid it so that was a miracle um but slowly we started using it and, and we say like it's it's revive your business so we we link it to the jazz revival so revive your business to unlock the jazz the, revival the jazz the music the jazz music Oh, because they use revivalists as a term in in the Christian world, but also in the music industry. In, in oh. so uh, so it's just bringing back life. Well, it's exactly what revival means as well. Right. So right. bring back life in business by unlocking that people, because we don't believe in people as a resource. We just believe that people is is just like is the engine of a business. They should not be consumed. They should flourish in the business. Yeah. And we help to, to, do, uh, to help businesses to create empowerment from the ground up. So things like servant leadership is a common business terminology nowadays. Right. But how do you implement servant leadership? And uh, so we help them to implement it in an empowering way. Which, if we just say easy... If you want to develop a vision or a strategy, always do it between the layers of in your organization and not in a layer. 
Because if you want to empower people, the people that have to execute it needs to be involved in it as well. Yes. But if you have a vision, you normally do that with, the, let's say, the owners and, the, and the, the chiefs. They create a vision and they hand it to the directors. Well, if that's the case, don't talk about empowerment. That's pure control because you just give them instructions. Right. If you want to empower them, develop the vision with the chiefs and owners together with the directors. Yes. And then help to, and, and the director will do the same thing with his management team. He doesn't write the strategy. He creates a strategy together with it. And that's what I mean. Between the levels, you develop the plans. And then everyone is empowered. Everyone is a leader. That, you know, that, I don't know how I just remember this, but uh, back in my MBA program, over 10 years ago, there was a uh, class I took where we talked about what's called the fallacy of detachment, which is what you just described. Thinking that you can successfully um, create and implement a vision that's purely at the top without incorporating the people who are actually going to be implementing that vision at the boots on ground level. So, you know, all the CEOs and the, you know, the board the owners, the high ups have this big whiz bang idea. They get no buy-in, no collaboration, no input from the actual middle level managers and employees who are going to actually be executing this. And of course it doesn't work and they wonder why. So that's a really great point you just made is to do it between layers where you're getting the, the, the input and the collaboration and the engagement and buy-in of the people who are going to be implementing the vision along with those who are creating and disseminating it. Yes. It's good. Because like, I believe everyone has vision. Yeah. Because it's just looking ahead. And if we say vision is one side of the, so like if you say we have visionaries in the company, then you just say that the rest of the people don't see. Well, everyone sees. Yeah. But they don't see the same distance. Yeah. And, um, well, the, I believe there are people that see very close by. Um, and, and you have to help them to see a bit longer or a bit longer distance. Yeah. Uh, but right. like some see 10 years ahead and some see two minutes ahead. Right. They both see, they both have vision. Yeah, they both need to be empowered to get wheels under the vision, and uh, but then we we call the product or the outcome different, of course. Like the two minute vision that will be like operational execution kind of right. change, and the ten year vision will be more more well even not will be captured, but visions that are longer than three years nowadays you don't see often. Right. Then it becomes more like a mission statement. And, uh, so your company now, Business Revivalist, helps other companies to basically uh, implement and um, or design and implement their change management uh, objectives and incorporate everybody, all the stakeholders within the organization. And you have a really interesting uh, methodology that you use to do this. Tell us about the Legos. Yeah, the Legos gives me sometimes the, the the nickname that we are the Lego company. Well, we are not the Lego company. They they live in Denmark. Um, 
Now we use the Lego Series Play, which is a business consulting methodology. Say that again. The Lego is what? The Lego Lego Series Play. Lego Series Play. Yes. Lego Series Play. Yeah. Implement change. Got it. Yeah. So, which actually is completely grounded in education, and it's grounded in innovation. Um, and by that, I, I mean like um, the only way you really learn is if you are invited by something that disrupts you and you take that invitation. So if you take the disruptive invitation, then you get an experience. If you're going to understand the experience at the end, this is what they call in, in, in on the education side, you start developing language. And when you develop language, you can tell me what you've learned. Mm. So you, you, you fill your linear thinking, which is the left side of your brain, by okay. these words, which is a reference, which is a pattern, a, a rhythm, and you can repeat them. So this is exactly the same thing as what the foundations of education are. I'm not saying it's executed globally because you hear a lot of fuss around the world about that education should change, but they say it should change to this, which is just the philosophers that in the 60s nailed this, wrote this down. And, but this is so much kingdom because we love to say that if we have a God encounter, in the words I just used, if you have an invitation with heaven's perspective, it disrupts your world perspective, that's an encounter. Mm. It should turn everything upside down if you take the invitation. Wow. If you, I hear a lot of people say, I had a God encounter. And then I said, what changed? Yeah. No, I just had a God encounter. And then I said, there is more because yeah. you just had a very special meeting. But if you have an encounter, it will disrupt you. And if it's really a deep encounter, you don't want to have one each five years because it will turn everything upside down. <laughs> so, so this encounter is this, is this clash of two perspectives, which is exactly what education should be. There should be the invitation with a different worldview on your worldview and there is an invitation to explore. And if you explore, you get an experience and you create a mental picture. Well, that's what we do with the Lego. We let people explore and create a Lego model to create the answer of this disruptive question, which was the clash at the beginning. Wow. So they create mental models in front of them on the table on really hard subjects that bypasses their intellect and goes into their uh, emotions and spiritual and their subconscious is in the answer and it becomes an authentic answer for revelation. But it's built of bricks with shapes and colors and now they have to start talking to explain it to the people around them. Well, actually, they explain it to themselves. Hmm. And when I did the training... 
And God said to me, this is how the prophetic works. Mm. Because with the prophetic, you see, some see a movie, some see a picture, some sense a shape, but at least there is something you see with your mind's eye or your heart's eye, and you start describing it to someone else. So you create a story to explain, so you create language to explain the picture you see in your mind's eye. Yeah. Well, that reveals something to the other person and they receive it as a prophetic word. Huh. But the same thing happens if you have building answer, you don't understand, but it feels like this is the answer to that hard question about how should our business looks like in two years? Not seen from what I know today, but what will be revealed in the future. <laughs> that people say, I don't have a glass ball to look into. And then I laugh inside. I thought, well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> we look from heaven's perspective to, to, to the earth, and we have. But non-Christians, you just have to use some different language. And they can describe, they can build it. And then by explaining to themselves this, this model, this mental picture, but it's in front of the table, everyone else receives the same story and has the same picture. So there's no miscommunication. They all see what you mean. They all see the revelation. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've learned something yourself. If everyone does that, and then we start combining things for making a landscape, relationships, or maybe even make one model of it. We have all the ingredients to collaboration, team building, relationships, engagement, empowerment. Name any biz work. It just happens in the play on the table. Wow. And uh, so we don't talk about vision or strategy for six years and everyone uses their best buzzwords and have a different picture with it. No, we just create it in two, three, or four days, and we've got a vision in details, or a strategy in details, or a business model, or a product design, or solution to some mega problem. We do it in a few days, uh, and then people can start working with it. Which so for all is, of your consulting engagements with your clients, you're using these Lego serious play engagements to get them experientially to start doing things around which they eventually have the language that they can put a formal documentation process in place to yeah. it. Yes, and then I love to use a video to capture the story and not make a paper narrative because then someone starts to edit and he does that with judgment skills from the past. So... Keep it as abstract as possible because the future will always be different, like with the prophetic word. You think that you know what the prophetic word means based on your reference, your past experience. But God will give you a new experience to get there, so it will look totally different. And when you, are, you have reached it, you look back and you think, yeah, this looks good. This looks exactly what it should be, but I didn't expect it to look it like this. Yeah, amen. So that is, that's the problem with strategy. Strategic planning always makes a future perspective based on the past. Now we have to create a strategic design, we call it nowadays, 
of the future based on the future a bit further away, which is just just using the prophetic. And with Christians, we can explain what is happening. With non-Christians, we talk about the wave that is coming and the sound-driven universe and the quantum theory. It's just, just Genesis 1. <laughs> just, and uh, there's a, like business is sketching up so much more with the revelations we have than, than we think that if that I say to my fellow Christians entrepreneurs, if we don't step in, we've created the next vortex that we will say this is evil, but we have created it because yeah. business is catching up on all like business talks about spirituality. Christians still hesitate to talk about spirituality in the church with all the unknown dimensions. Oh, it's crazy. You're right. And I love that you're getting ahead of the curve and you're actually starting to um, incorporate very outside the box things to businesses that has a very spiritual implication, but no, that's not necessarily going to alienate them, but opens the door possibly to conversation and openness of uh, ideas and hearts to receive something they wouldn't otherwise be able to by unlocking a different part of their psyche through this instrument is, you know, very uh, innovative methodology for change management. It's just, it, you've said so many things that just blown my mind, Ariane. I wish, I mean, well, have to have several other interviews because I know you've got a, you've got a coaching call coming up here in a second. And, uh, and we've got so many other things that I want to, um, cover in your testimony because you've just got so much depth of wisdom, um, in your field of expertise and in business in general, as well as spiritually. Um, I've just, I've been really blessed myself listening to it because you're speaking to me and I'm getting encouraged by my own podcast. Praise God. I should be I should be not just the chef. I should be the first person eating the food, right? So I'm, I'm getting blessed by this, and uh, I can't wait to follow up with you about it. I do want to respect your time um, and your upcoming engagement here, but um, I would like to set another interview. We're definitely going to have to break this into multiple segments because you've just got such a depth and richness and very different perspective than anything I've ever heard. Um, I, I want to get this out. And um, so is there any last thing that um, before we wrap up here that – and I always like to do this and we'll probably do it the next time we, we do an interview, but is there anything currently right now that you're going through that you want to make a declaration on right here on the record that you can go back to later, kind of crossing that gap ahead of time, speaking forth those things that are not as though they are by faith, right? Taking that prophetic word from the place you are to the place you can't possibly get to without God and speak it forth right now. Yes. Well, First thing that comes in my mind is something we use to, to shake. And we have a saying like creativity is an expression of identity. Creativity is an expression of identity. I like that. So it's just to say it's short. If you really know who you are, then it should express itself in creativity. Mm. which means you create solutions for the problems around you. Wow. So, and I had over the years, many artists in music and painting who said, well, creativity has, doesn't have, need to have a purpose. And then I said, I don't know why, but I think creativity always has a purpose. I said, well, I don't agree. 
I said, well, I, I don't agree to disagree because I know I'm right, but I can't <laughs> explain. And uh, I could say that to this thing. And I think now I, I get like creativity, like just, just like play with words. If we believe we are the sons and daughters of the creator, then we should in our behavior reflect him, mm. which means that we should create. So that, in short, it means we are creatives. We are his creatives. Mm. Um, and just to give people something to think, like this Bible verse, I think it's Colossians 1.27, Christ in you <clears throat> is the hope of glory. Well, we talked about from glory to glory. We talked about fear in you. So if you take this Bible verse, then I say, like, what... Who do you think is the most important? Who's the subject in this line? Christ in you is the hope of glory. Is it Christ? Is it you? And if you know the answer to who the one it is about, then what is the hope of glory? That's, I think, a good question to end the call because I can talk <laughs> an hour about explaining this <laughs> without knowing it myself. Yeah, That's a great, asking good questions is obviously, as you know, for coaches and consultants is, is a critical skill set. So <clears throat> that's a great one. We'll let that hang there for a bit. Um, definitely got to get you back on um, and follow up because there was a lot more uh, we talked about in the, uh, before we started recording that I want to catch up to, but just... <clears throat> Man, thank you for sharing your your wisdom, perspective, your experiences, your challenges, as well as your victories, uh, Ariane. I, I am just blown away. This is the first time, just for the audience to know, I've, I've ever talked to Ariane face to face. We just emailed back and forth from a mutual friend before, so uh, I'm in real time getting my mind blown here, and uh, I'm gonna have to go back over a lot of this. But I'm really looking forward. Um, to catching up with you again on a, a coaching, a possible coaching engagement I've got with the client that I want to get some of your really outside the box perspective on. And, um, I just want to, uh, encourage everybody who's listening to take that step to hear from God, really trust him, go through that you process of dying to self and then being raised up to God. So you can basically go to the next level and then being willing to repeat that over and over which we'll talk again in a future interview of how that has played out in his life and his business. But as you can see, again, this is, this is incredible, deep, rich, spiritual um, perspective with very, very practical bottom line results from the sale of your house, your business, those contests you won, the job interview, you know, the exact sales price of the house to what you're doing now with your clients. And you've had to give up some things along the way and you've had some uh, really amazing supernatural encounters and some of your client engagements we'll get into next time, which is just mind blowing. But um, I just want to encourage all you guys be willing to listen to that prophetic voice from the word of God through the spirit of God in your spirit, and then be willing to submit yourself to that process. Even when it looks like everything is falling apart around you and it's crazy and it doesn't make sense as you all know from listening to the podcast, I love to say from 1 Corinthians one twenty five, because the weakness of God is stronger than men and the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And we've seen that played out in your life, Arian. We'll talk about it more in future episodes. But uh, thank you so much for sharing your time and your life with us. And uh, where can people 
connect with you to find out more about you and what you're doing, what your company's all about, and maybe get in touch with you? Uh, well, the easiest way is through the website, which is business revivalists, multiple dot uh, com slash strategic dash session. Okay. Uh, if they like to connect. Business revivalist.com slash strategic slash session. Dash. Dash session. Okay. I'll put those in the show notes. Okay, and then you've got all the other contact info on the website if they want to get in touch with you directly. Yes, that's the easiest way. And if they want to have the drawing we explained, then uh, there is some on the website, but most is uh, explained easier in just a a short call. All right, guys. Well, I encourage you to check out these very innovative outside-the-box concepts and applications that Aryan's doing in his business with other businesses. And just to... um, continue to incorporate everything you shared in this into your own life and business. And uh, like I said, we will definitely have some follow on episodes and I might even break this one into two cause it's kind of long. Um, so we'll have plenty of content from Ariane, uh, definitely a very exciting uh, new relationship. I'm looking forward to delving into and sharing with the rest of the world. So once again, thank you, Ariane, God bless you for your obedience, your faithfulness, your vision. And uh, we will talk again very soon, my friend. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Better Way Podcast with Ryan Haley. For more information and to discover more episodes, visit abetterwaypodcast.com or search us on iTunes, TuneIn, or any of your favorite online audio sites. If you like what you hear, Leave us a review on iTunes or send us an email at ryan at a better way Have a suggestion for who we could interview next? Let us know on our website. Finally, A Better Way is listener sponsored. Help us to further the message of kingdom entrepreneurship by supporting us financially. You can give online on our website, a better way Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode.